Blog Talk Radio. Gonna tell you a little bedtime tale, legend it will become. Burgers flying out the door, sail on. Two for one, no concern for the future. Living for today. Fast food bite on your way, lay it all to waste. The masses are afflicted now. Moo, mad cow. Mad cow. Mad cow, mad cow, line dance Hey, Sign Guy Nation, welcome to the show on another Friday afternoon. Sign Guy with you as usual. Before we jump into it with our guests, some show notes. If you are looking for some professional wrestling today, WCWO in Indianapolis, Indiana, as usual. FGW in Hamilton, Ohio. Envision Wrestling in Bicknell, Indiana. Supreme Wrestling in Madison, Indiana. ECPW in Ridgefield, New Jersey. SPW in Woonsocket, Rhode Island. NEW in Pomona, New York. And Flophouse in Indianapolis, Indiana tonight. Tomorrow, CPW, where you can find myself in Arlington, Washington. There are two shows. First show, all ages. Second show, adult only. WCWO back at it tomorrow in Greenfield, Indiana. ECW in Jeffersonville, Indiana at the arena. New Era Wrestling in Shelbyville, Indiana. NVW in Decatur, Illinois. And RSW happening in North Stonington, Connecticut. So if you have wrestling near you, get out there, support your local independents. And without any further ado, I want to welcome our guest today. He is a very, very fine official of professional wrestling matches. Ref Maine, welcome to the show. Thank you so much for being here. Thank you for having me. It's my pleasure. Well, being your first time on our show, I'm going to lead you off today with our traditional first-timer question. How did you get involved in the business of professional wrestling? Well, uh, I started in backyard wrestling um, during the pandemic, of the COVID pandemic. Um, and then I transitioned. My cousin, he wanted me to stop doing backyard wrestling, and he was like, I want to take you out to some shows. I said, he said, I said okay, I'm down to go do it. Um, met up with a producer that he knew from uh, CCW Wrestling um, and uh, PA, and I did some training. I did, like, one-day training, and then he was like, when you come back, I want to put you in the show. So September of 2022, I started my first ever show. Now, obviously, doing shows in the backyard, a very different animal than doing your standard shows with legitimate promotions that are in venues and license and so forth and so on. Do you feel that doing the backyard uh, promotions gave you a base for what you were going to do once you did training and so forth, or do you feel that you had to kind of unlearn everything there and start from scratch? Yeah, um, well, it's a little different in backyard wrestling, you know, it's like with friends and things like that nature. And then once you switch over to, you know, like inside the ring where it's like largest crowd, it's like you got to restart everything, but you basically know what you're doing. 
So that's basically it. Now, you're based there in New Jersey, and New Jersey has a long history in pro wrestling dating back many, many decades. It was a state that the WWWF used to run on a regular basis in various towns like uh, Atlantic City and Jersey City and I'm sure several other towns within New Jersey. New Jersey is also the state that led to Vince McMahon proclaiming that his matches were entertainment and not legitimate contests because he wanted to avoid the tax in New Jersey. So there's a lot of wrestling history in your area. Do you study a lot of the history of your local area and kind of learn about what has gone on before you got into the business? Yeah, um, I study a lot. Um, uh, You know, like you said, like Miss McMahon, and I'm going back watching their videos and seeing how everything is done and studying on how to become a referee. So basically is I'll go back, study the videos, and then i see, okay, how I'm going to do in my next match on how this is going to happen. As someone that studies a lot of video, I'm sure you are familiar with a lot of the top referees. Who are some of your favorite referees to watch footage of to sort of pick up some good habits from video? Um, my favorite, most definitely referee is why I wanted to become a referee was a former WWE referee for 31 years was referee Mike Kyoto. Mike Kyoto inspired me, you know, to get out the ring and do something and start my referee career, also along with uh, Charles Robinson and Chad Patton. Very good choices there, for sure. On shows that you do, do you work with very many referees that have been to that national level that are in maybe just for one shot or they might be in the general area and get picked up? Do you see a lot of the guys that you would see off TV? Um, Not really. But like I say, and like based on the general. Up, did we lose you there for a second? Huh? Oh, there you go. Okay, we lost you for a second, but now you're back. Okay. So, one of the things that a referee has to have in order to do the job is, of course, the gear, and having proper gear is something that leads to work for a lot of referees if they have it and are there and are ready to perform. A lot of times they'll pick up bookings that maybe weren't planned just because they have everything with them. As someone that's been around for a couple of years now, what are the staples that you carry with you in your gear bag that you always have? Um, every, uh, you know, same simple referee shirt, um, sneakers and everything, gloves. Got to make sure you stay heavy on gloves because you never know what part of the match or where it's going to take place to. Up to we lose you? Yeah, I'm still here. Oh, okay, there we go. We lost you for a second, but 
Okay, go ahead and continue. Yeah, so basically like the standard uh, black pants, uh, zebra shirt, uh, gloves, because you never know um, where the match is going to take place, um, medical kit, just to be on standby. Shows I've done, a lot of times promoters prefer different things for referees to wear. I've seen promoters that want to have the blue shirt and bow tie for like the 80s look. I've seen promoters that prefer solid color polo shirts. Some promoters actually do patches of the promotion emblem on shirts. Do you have alternate referee shirts and uniforms that you wear, or do you pretty much stick to the black and white? Um, like um, one promotion that I work for is Seven Mile Wrestling. We started off with black and white and zebra, and one day the promoter, he came to me, he says, I don't want the standardized, you know, zebra look. I want to be more different. I want to stand. I want this company to stand out, and my referees to stand out more. So he wants us to, you know, wear like all the blue shirt, black pants, and black shoes, just like uh, WWE SmackDown used to do. Um, sometimes uh, I'll switch over if, like, I'm doing a death match or a hardcore match. I'll wear like fully all black gear. Now, speaking of the death matches, those are a very different animal than your standard matches. A lot of times a referee is sort of in the line of fire with debris flying and things of that nature. It can be hard to count because there's often a lot of debris in the ring. I know you do a lot of death matches in your own personal career. What led you to getting into that aspect of the business? Well, I've seen um, a promotion that, was doing death matches, and uh, I wanted to do something outside of my zone. Usually I do, like, regular matches or some hardcore matches or string balls matches here and there. So I wanted to do something different. Um, I've seen a promotion called UWF, Underground Wrestling Federation, and I got in contact with the, mo- uh, with the promoter, and I told him I wanted to join and do some death matches with them. Now, like I said, it's oftentimes a little bit hazardous doing that. Uh, not that it's necessarily intentional, but when you add things like glass tubes and ladders and thumbtacks and things of that nature, it can be hard to avoid. Have you ever unintentionally been injured during the course of a death match? Uh, not yet. I have never been injured yet. So I tried to stay out of line of fire. You know, when the superstars are doing their thing and weapons are being used, such as the light tubes and barbed wire, fire, anything like that, I try to stay pulled back. But, you know, sometimes, like, once I got cut with a little piece of glass in my arm. That was about it. But I haven't really experienced anything yet from uh, ending death matches. Well, I would advise you to keep that streak alive and not get injured. That's always the goal. Yeah. Any referee that is worth anything at all will know that 
the referee is the first line of defense in the ring. He's the person that is in charge of making sure everybody in a match gets back to their family safely and as injury-free as possible. Injuries are just a natural part of the wrestling business. They're going to happen from time to time, but a referee has to sort of determine when enough is enough and when it's going to become something that could cut a career short or lead to a very serious injury. Have there been moments in your career at this point where you've had to step in and be the person to determine this is enough and had to get out of a match due to an injury? Um, not yet. Uh, I haven't experienced that yet, but, you know, towards during the match, you know, as a referee, you know, you're the role setter inside the match. So you have to stand your ground and make sure that the superstars know that you are the authority in the ring and they have to respect you. I have not experienced no injuries yet or, you know, some knockouts where the superstar can't continue. But I'm not looking for it, but I'm soon it's going to happen. Uh, rather than uh, throughout the career of mine. I've been in there many times as a referee where injuries have happened. It's always a very rough day at the office when that happens, but it's just a natural part of the business. So hopefully you won't have to experience it too much. Yeah. Yeah. Now, I know you said you've been doing this just for a couple of years, so you probably haven't gone extremely far yet, but what would you say has been the longest road trip you've taken? Uh, the longest road trip I've taken was to Kentucky. And, uh, Labenhor, Pennsylvania was the longest I ever took. Uh, Kentucky is a commissioned state, so you have to have a license to referee in Kentucky. Is that the first license that you picked up as a referee, or have you been licensed in other places? Um, I have. This is the first license I ever picked up. I know Kentucky is a very strict commission. I'm also licensed in Kentucky, so I know their commission is a little tough. Uh, when you went to Kentucky, did you notice a lot of differences as far as how shows are ran compared to what you're used to, or was it fairly similar even with the commission? Um, well, you know, like I said, it's very different from backyard wrestling because, like, the standard of wrestling inside the backyard to, you know, actually being inside the ring and being inside of a large crowd is very different. Um, each promotion, you know, is different, so, you know, and that's basically it, and see how different promoters run their business. One of the things that a lot of times becomes sort of a debate within wrestling circles is that referees that will come out with merchandise, uh, sometimes wrestlers, will complain that it's taking money away from them, even though no one's forcing a person to buy one person's merchandise over the other, and it doesn't 
automatically mean that they would have bought the wrestlers' merchandise even if there was no other choice. But a lot of times referees get a little bit of flack from carrying merchandise and trying to make the extra money. Do you ever run into things of that nature where referees might have merchandise out on the table and they're uh, being told not to do so? Um, I haven't experienced that yet. You know, right now I'm working on my own merchandise uh, with some ref main T-shirts and getting them out there, and I want to start selling them. So for me, not yet. I'm sure, like, other referees have experienced that, but I haven't experienced that just quite yet. Now, I'm sure you've seen a lot of different merchandise out there because wrestlers will try to sell anything they think a fan might buy if they can put a sticker yeah. with their logo on it or their name on it or sometimes not even that, and they'll just sell generic things at the merchandise table. What's been the strangest thing you've seen at a merchandise table? The strangest things, probably a used weapon was, like, one of the strangest things that was, like, used on the match. Um, a super fire was selling at his table. For a fan to buy. Now, is this like post match already used, or was this from a different show and they just brought it with them? It was uh, a, uh, during like one of the matches, like a post match that they had. It was a candlestick and they were trying to sell it at one of their tables of a merchandise. Hopefully, they got a pretty good premium price out of a fan for that. I can see that going for a fair amount. Yeah. Now, one of these things in wrestling that most people will eventually gravitate towards and try their hands on it is the promoting side of things. At some point, pretty much everybody will attempt to run at least one show just for the experience of it. Sometimes their end goal is to become a promoter and run their own company. I know some referees out there have ran their own promotions, especially at the independent level. Is promoting wrestling something you've ever considered at this point? Um, I've considered uh, starting my own promotion, but, you know, I'd rather do refereeing. I feel like being a referee is where is that then running a legitimate uh, wrestling company business. No law against doing both at the same time, but I can definitely see wanting to focus on one thing. Another role in wrestling which is similar but not the same thing is that of the booker. And the booker, of course, responsible for matchmaking, pitting guy A against guy B. They oftentimes are responsible for the hiring and firing of talent. Depending on the company, sometimes they uh, will fill in all of the support staff and things of that nature. Is booking something that you've ever considered or have thought of at this point? Um, Yeah, Thank you. I thought about booking, you know, stepping outside of reference, uh, doing different things for, like, different promotions. So 
I thought about it, and I might give it a try. Soon uh, down the road, I would give uh, Booking a try for a company. We are in the part of the year where right now a lot of shows are going to be outdoors for the summer, a lot of promotions in parts of the country that only have a short window of good weather, especially see companies trying to run festivals and fairs, things of that nature that take place outdoors. Some companies around the United States, if they are in the right spots, will do outdoor shows most of the year. Do you have a personal preference when it comes to running shows outside versus inside? Um, outside is um, more different than running a, a show inside. I never have. I never refereed a show outside yet, except for like the. Um, Hardcore death matches, that was the only one, but it's very different from inside and outside. Very surprising you haven't done outdoor shows, but, uh, yeah, there are a lot of different challenges to an outdoor show. It's a different type of setup. Uh, You have to take into account the actual ground itself, if it can hold the ring, if it's going to be flat enough, things of that nature. Yeah. A lot of things that fans would never consider that have to be considered by the promotion when running outdoors. So they're a little bit of a challenge sometimes. One of the matches in pro wrestling that fans have enjoyed for a very long time that is sort of not always enjoyed by the participants is the battle royal. Some wrestlers detest battle royals and don't often do them. Some wrestlers really enjoy doing battle royals and will jump in whenever there is one. Referees often have very little to do with the battle royal other than pointing to the locker room saying you're gone. What's your feelings on battle royal matches, and how do you enjoy doing them as a general rule? Well, I love doing battle royals. Um, I did my very first battle royal with Seven Mile Wrestling a couple months ago. Um, I enjoy it more than, you know, just pointing your finger and telling the person they're eliminated because you have to make sure and watch what's going on. You got to make sure that nobody's getting injured, and you got to make sure, you know, like, okay, both feet did touch the floor. So you have to, you know, keep all eyes on each side of the ring. Alan, battles that you do, do you have help along the other sides of the ring normally, or do you do battle royals solo? Because I've seen both things on different shows where there's one referee. I've seen where there's a referee on every single side, but what do you see more often? Oh, well, I I see more of, you know, a four-ring size of referees, like four referees all around the ring, because it's better to have four eyes on each side. So, you know, one referee probably not going to be seeing what the other referee see. So it's good to have more eyes than just have one eye based on a battle royal. One of the other matches that 
sometimes gets controversial for referees is the ladder match, uh, especially at the independent level, but also with the big national companies. A lot of times referees will step in and hold the ladder in place if it looks like there's danger of it falling when you don't want it to fall. A lot of times referees are trying to make sure the wrestlers aren't going to fall off the ladder, and so they'll study things. A lot of fans and a lot of wrestlers don't like that because it looks a little bit off when a referee's assisting somebody in the ladder match. Yeah. Do you do a lot of ladder matches, and do you have opinions on the referee's role within a ladder match? Well, I haven't did a ladder match yet, but I do have an opinion on the la- on ladder matches and referees helping. I feel like a referee helping and during a ladder match is very safe and to make sure that the ref- wrestlers are performing the move right and executing everything to make sure that the spot is on for the fans because if the fans not liking and enjoying it, then it's not going to look right. So a referee assisting with the ladder just in case of safety-wise, I feel like a referee should stand and make sure everything is going right. A lot of times I know the wrestlers will tell the referee, don't go near the ladder except for the last part of the match, and then I want you to hold the ladder so it looks like the referee doesn't involve himself for safety until the very last spot, and then he's grabbing the ladder and holding it in place, which often sign that it's the last spot of the match, and that's the finish because then the referee is ensuring that they don't fall from the ladder. Do you think that a referee should hold the ladder every single time that the wrestlers go near it in order to be consistent and keep the illusion that they aren't assisting one person over the other, or do you think that they should stay out of it until they are needed by the wrestlers and then only will they go over and hold the ladder in place? Well, I feel like, like if, they fall, if the wrestler has it at the moment, you know, if the wrestler can, you know, get the uh, ladder to stay still and steady, then the referee doesn't need to stand and grab hold the ladder. But if a referee feels like it's not safe for the superstar to go up and the ladder is wobbling back and forth, then a referee should stand and hold the ladder to make sure that everything is okay and executed properly. One of the things that I'm sure you see doing death matches that also has been a very hot topic the last several years in wrestling is blood. There's a lot of people that think that blood in wrestling is passe and should not be used because of what we have learned from medical science over the last few years. Some people think that blood should be used sparingly and just in certain situations, and then there are people that feel like blood should be part of every single show. Where do you stand on the issue of having blood within wrestling? Uh, I stand on, I believe blood should be used during the matches and in matches because that's like, that's right there, that's your catch to every match. 
if you have blood or anything, that means you got the key, you got the match right there. You're on top on where the fan or the fan level is at. You know, that's catching the fan eyes. Because if you're not catching the fan eyes, then you're having a boring match. So I feel like blood should be executed more during the matches. Now, as you probably are aware, certain states uh, such as Kentucky and Maryland and here in my home state of Washington, the commission has very strict rules on blood and what the protocols are if blood is introduced in a match. Do you study the rules of the states and familiarize yourself with what to do if there's blood in a commission state, or do you rely on the promoter and the wrestlers to tell you what they want and then execute that regardless of what the state commission might say? Yeah, so I do. I study the rules on like how the match is going to take place and the different where I'm going to be at. So I study and make sure everything is followed and what the superstars want. Have you come into a situation where there's a conflict where a wrestler in a commission state might want to have a lot of blood in the match, but the rules of the state are different than that? Um, I haven't came across that yet, but I'm sure um, down the line it's going to come. I keep hitting states with commissions, and I'm sure it will at some point. Yeah. Now, we talked earlier about some of the referees that you'd like to study as far as watching footage and learning from um, people like Mike Chioda and Charles Robinson, who said are uh, big people to watch. On the independent circuit, we know that referee quality is something that can vary quite a bit. You have referees that know exactly what they're doing and are very high quality, very well trained. And then mm-hmm. sometimes promoters will almost literally pull someone out of the crowd, hand them a referee shirt and ask them to referee the show without any formal training at all. Who would you say, from what you've seen on shows you do, are some of the better referees at the independent level the guys should be taking more of a look at and bringing on to their rosters? Um, I, was, I won't say, like, most of them, but, you know, how I feel is I feel like each match or each promotion should have, you know, a referee who is trained and know what they're doing and have more experience into, like, or years into wrestling or being a referee. If you don't, if you could just get somebody out the crowd and just give them a shirt and just like basically you're putting your superstars in jeopardy for their safety because you have somebody that just come in and doesn't know what they're doing instead of having somebody who does and that's just more experience into referring a match. One of the other roles in wrestling that sometimes gets overlooked not only from the fans, but the people in the business is the ring announcer. And they oftentimes are 
sort of the saviors of a lot of shows because they can get the crowd excited, they can hype the crowd up and make them forget if a match wasn't so good or if something went wrong. They also are very often, in the fans' eyes, the person in charge of a show, whether they actually are or not, because they have a microphone. A lot of fans will just presume that's who is in charge of a given show. And ring announcers are also responsible for telling fans how to spend their money. They tell them where to go to get merchandise and concessions. They tell them when the next show will be, how to get tickets, all of that information. Having a good ring announcer is often very vital to success. Who would you say are some of the better ring announcers on shows where you've been? Um. Uh, I can't remember some of their names, but I think it was a, it's quite a few of uh, some ring announcers that does their job very well inside the ring, um, letting fans know, you know, the next show is happening this time and this time, and, you know, you can come out doing, like, any uh, mediations and talk to your superstars, take pictures, uh, stuff like that. So it's very important to have a good ring announcer to communicate as good on the mic and, you know, talk to the crowd to let them know what's going to be happening. Because you don't have a good ring announcer that's going to talk and let fans know what's going to happen, then that's like money that's coming in for your promotion. One of the other roles that isn't as prevalent now as it used to be, but there still are some good ones out there, that is the manager. Years ago, every single show had at least a couple of managers now you might go to several shows around the country and not see a single manager. On shows that you do, do you see a lot of managers still working? Um, I don't really see, like, there's some here and there, but not really uh, managers working on the shows. Now, from my own experiences, if a referee knows how to really work and a manager knows how to really work, they can oftentimes help a match along if they have a couple of green wrestlers working or if a match just isn't going well. Sometimes they can distract a little bit and let the wrestlers reset themselves and think of what they're doing next. Oftentimes they can... Uh, entertain a crowd if there's going to be a prolonged hold for whatever reason. Do you have a lot of experience as far as being able to work with a manager and interact with them in a way that's not going to take away from the match, but it's going to be there when it's needed? Um, the managers, I could most definitely work with the managers, you know. You never know what's going to happen or what they're going to do because, you know, the superstar where he's hit, well, the hill superstar is going to distract you during the match. And so you never know when your back is turned what the manager is going to do. So I feel like the managers, they bring the entertainment, you know, as for as the hill superstars and who they are, I feel like they bring more of the, you know, the crowd to get them hyped because you never know what's going to happen. That is very true. Now, as far as 
having a manager out there, do you use a manager as far as, like, if you need to know if someone's hurt or if you need to know if the finish is coming, something like that? Do you rely on a manager to help you communicate that way, or is that something that you don't personally do very much? Um, that's something I don't do uh, personally very much. Usually uh, I'm wearing an earpiece behind my ear so to communicate uh, with production so they can let me know what's going to be happening next. Sometimes the manager uh, would, you know, tell me and let me know what's going on, but mostly it's really production, and I'm using an earpiece. I'm using the earpiece is something in the last probably five to seven years we've seen a lot more of on the independent level, but prior to that, a referee had to know where they were time-wise in the match. They had to know enough to be able to help with spots. They had to know uh, positioning, when and where to feed for certain cheats. Uh, They just had to be ready with all of that whenever it happened because there wasn't really a direction coming into their ear. For shows where there are not earpieces or walkie-talkies or anything of that nature, have you trained much as far as being able to keep time and recognize when you're being fed a certain spot and things of that nature? Yes. um, uh, When I did a show one time, uh, before that, I never used the earpiece. So I had to, you know, rely on the timekeeper or whoever's working the bells, you know, to tell me, like, how many times, how long the match is going to be and what spot is going to be next. Or, you know, sometimes the superstar will relay the message on what's going to happen throughout the whole match. Also, very popular right now within the wrestling circuit are the little people shows of of course, commonly known as midget wrestling. It's still the term that the people in the actual industry use. We've seen several all midget wrestling promotions pop up over the last few years that tour across the country, east coast to west coast, north to south. Some of them even go into Mexico and into Canada. Have you yeah. had the opportunity yet to work on an all midget show? I have not yet. I have not experienced it in my career, but I am most definitely looking for it. I've seen some of your work on, you know, the internet and social media, and I'm very pleased on how they're doing. They're doing a wonderful job, and one day I'm, I'm looking forward to working with them. In a similar fashion, Women's wrestling has also taken off in popularity over the last 10 years. We've seen groups like Shimmer and Shine. WOW Wrestling is very, very popular on national TV, on the CW network. We've seen several independent-based all-women's promotions. Women's wrestling has main invented the biggest pay-per-views of the year on standard national companies like WWE and AEW. Do you like having all women's promotions where you might referee all women's matches, or do you think that 
a sort of a niche product still. Um, I'm very looking forward to um, wrestling like all women's match. I have no problem with that because you know the women have been breaking down barriers. You know, as you know before Tom, women wasn't getting you know Tom in the matches. You know they probably get like five minutes, maybe ten minutes during the show. But now since they've been breaking down barriers, breaking down the walls, I feel like now it's most definitely needed that we have women wrestlers because that's where most of fans are coming to see are the women. So I'm I love working uh with the women superstar. I love doing their matches. They are it's just like working with the men. You know, anything the men can do the women can do too. Now as far as women's wrestling goes, they do more moves now and are more skilled than they were a generation or two ago when you saw mostly the hair snapmares and the body slams and maybe a suplex is the really big moves that they did. Now it's basically the same match as what a men's match would be, and they're far more skilled today. Who would you say are some of the women's wrestlers out there today that could go in there and compete with literally anybody in the industry and not be out of place. Um, you know, what you know the women superstar, they basically use for their bodies. I feel like they're more than, you know, their bodies there and they assets. I feel like women are inspiring in what they do. So who I feel like I feel like Lita, you know, um that if you see uh, Hall of Famer Lita, you know, she could stand with the best. You know, she she has no fear of what she can do. So I feel like different women like her, they can stand with the men. Now, for being a pro wrestling referee, oftentimes on the independent circuit, you might be the only referee that they have for six, seven, eight matches. So you have to go out there and you have to be in the ring the entirety of the night. Even if there's another referee, sometimes you're out there for three or four matches that might go 20 minutes each, so you're out there for quite a while. That means you have to have conditioning and cardio in order to last that long. What is your current conditioning and training regiment like in order to be able to referee all these matches? Um, you know, just basically, you know, working out, staying fit, you know, eating the right, drinking more water, staying more hydrated during the match because you never know how long the match is going to last. Sometimes it could be 10 to 15 minutes, maybe 20 minutes, sometimes more. So it depends on the match, uh, what's going to happen. But most of the time, you know, staying fit, going to the gym, working out, doing more walks is the way to go. That's how I do it. On shows you've been a part of, have you ever had a fellow referee that couldn't do a match because they physically just got too tired or just could not go on because of whatever reason physically where you had to step in and take their match? Um, No, not really. I haven't stand there yet. You know, most of the referees I've worked with, you know, everybody was good. You know, if they... Then I have time to do 
or had you didn't get time to get ready, you know, one hour had to step in or another referee would step in, but everybody has been good so far. On a similar vein to that, sometimes wrestlers get in trouble as far as cardio conditioning, and they cannot go a complete match without having to stop and catch their breath or regain their composure or what have you. Have you experienced it where a wrestler needed to have a rest in order to be able to finish a match? Um, I have not experienced it. So you never know what's going to happen, you know, between the wrestlers and the promoters, so you never, they don't tell you really nothing. So I never experienced that with a wrestler they couldn't um, continue a match because of their health. Now, wrestling is a business where merchandising can be very, very important. And even mm-hmm. though we're in the month of July, it won't be too long before the holiday season approaches and wrestling fans will be expecting some wrestling-related merchandise in their gifts. Looking at the current landscape of things, what are some of the pieces of wrestling merchandise or memorabilia that you would recommend to people that are thinking of what gifts they can give to the wrestling fans on their list? Um, you know, T-shirts, stickers, the pictures, most definitely the pictures. You know, everything that uh, the merchandise stands for, you know, that's what catches the fans' eyes, you know them meeting their favorite superstar and, you know, getting a signature is truly a blessing. So that's what mostly stands out um, is the T-shirts and the pictures. Now, one of the other things that wrestlers have gotten a chance to do in the last few years are more and more movie opportunities. We've seen a lot of independent films that have wrestling themes to them where they have scenes that include professional wrestling. There's a lot of mainstream wrestlers that have gotten roles in movies uh, to handle wrestling choreography and so forth. Do you have a favorite film that has professional wrestling either as the central theme of the movie or just has a scene where there is professional wrestling within it? Um, I, I would say probably say the Marines, you know, with the Miz and John Cena. And they, that is basically one of my uh, top favorite movies with their fight scenes and everything that, that's going on. A lot of wrestlers over the last 40 years or so have also gotten into music. Uh, We've seen a lot of wrestlers a couple of generations ago come out with novelty albums. Ricky Morton, Jerry Lawler, Michael Hayes all had albums that did very, very well. In more recent times, Kamala came out with an album. John Cena, of course, had a very uh, successful album. There's a lot of wrestlers out there that dabble in both music and professional wrestling simultaneously. 
Who do you think has been the best pro wrestler that turned to music? Um, uh, pro wrestler uh, with from independence or uh, like actually like wrestling of WWE. Uh, either or. Either or, um, I would like you said John Cena. I've, I've seen their his music. I listen to his music, so I'll, I'll really pick, I'll pick John Cena. Not a bad choice at all. At this point in wrestling, we see probably more televised wrestling at the national level than we ever have before. You have WWE with Raw and SmackDown and NXT. AEW has Dynamite, Rampage, and Collision. Impact Wrestling is on every week. New Japan Pro Wrestling is on Access TV every week. WOW Women of Wrestling is on every week. What do you think of the current era we're in where there is so much wrestling on TV? Do you think it's a really good thing to have that much, or do you think that it's maybe a little too much and will burn out the market? Um, I think it's good, you know, to have, you know, different promotions, and, you know, because every wrestling company is different. And, you know, every friend got their own different opinion on what type of wrestling they like. You know, you got the New Japan, you know, fans that like New Japan. You got the AEW fans and you got the WWE fans. You know, because when they all come together, you know, it's, it's history that's going to be made. You know, it's magic that's going to happen. You know, each promotion and different things between WWE and AEW are very different. And all, all the brands is going to stand up on each other. Each work is different and talented at the same time. Like we said, you're out of the New Jersey area, which means you're in a part of the country where cities and states are much closer together than here in the Pacific Northwest where I'm located. Uh, you can go to Pennsylvania, New York, Connecticut, New Jersey, Maryland, all within a couple, three-hour drive of all these places. So there's a lot of uh, compactness to your geography. Do you think that just being where you're located and having so many more wrestling companies in a central area is going to benefit your career, or do you think that if you were in a different geographical location, it might have benefited you more? Um, I would say all wrestling promotion in my area would uh, benefit my career, you know, because every every promotion is different, every company is different, so it basically is going to help you take you to the next level of where you want to be. You know, so I'd rather, you know, start small and then work big because any anytime you work a show, you never know who's watching. There's always going to be somebody from another company or another wrestler that knows you and might go back to that promoter and say, okay, this person worked well. This person knows what they're doing and their focus is right. So that's how I'm, like, heading right now with my career is I'm working hard 
and I'm trying to see where it's going to go to lead me to get to the next stage of my career. Well, we're at the part of the show where we have a few minutes left, and I want to make sure you have more than enough time. If there is anything at all that you would like to plug and promote, social medias, merchandise, upcoming shows, your favorite car lot, anything at all, floor is all yours. Yep, um, you can check me out at DRefMain or underscore on Instagram of DRefMain on Facebook. Also, Saturday, July 22nd, in Jamaica, New York, there's one division pro wrestling. I will be there alongside with my cousin, DJT Funk. So you can come check us out there. Ref Main, it has been an absolute pleasure having you on the show. I definitely appreciate you taking time to be with us. And best of luck to you as you continue forward in your career. And to you, thank you for having me. Absolutely, our pleasure. Fans, if Ref Main's going to be on a show near you, go buy a ticket, support him and what he does. Very, very good referee. He's doing very big things out there, so make sure you support what he does. If you're looking for me, I will be at CPW Presents Theatrical Wrestling tomorrow in Arlington, Washington at the Mirkwood Two shows, first one family-friendly, second one adult-only crowd. So keep that in mind. Make your plans accordingly. Hope to see you there tomorrow on Sunday afternoon. We will be back with you right here with Gideon Vance, competitor out of Oklahoma that has done many great things in his career. Looking forward to that. And then one week from this very day, we will be back with you with one of the most underrated wrestlers in the Pacific Northwest, pretty boy Troy Prescott. Looking very forward to having him on the show. So my plans to be with us, and we will talk to you soon.
talking in your sleep when you're all alone, waiting on me to come back home. I can see you walking far away. I don't know how, so I'll just I believe in 